Extra Butter Podcast. I seen that movie, baby. The Friday yeah, the 13th is like uh And plus it's got Kevin Bacon, bro. The bacon. Crispy bacon. Bacon, bro. The man, the myth, the legend. It's, Actually, it's, he's, he's skewered bacon in this one. Oh! You said it, not me. That's a good transition. <laughs> uh... What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome to Extra Butter, your podcast for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. This is Dylan. And uh, we are... It's Friday the 13th, baby. We made it. Watch out. We're here. Uh, some people call it an unlucky day. Some people call it a lucky day. Some people get tattoos. Mm-hmm. Dylan and I watch movies, baby. That's what we mm-hmm. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And today we are watching the 1980 film, mm. Friday the 13th, bro. Mm. Oh, we made it. I said, oh, <laughs> we made it, dog. Cam, Jason talk, Voorhees. I'm talking bro. Camp Crystal Lake. Boy. Camp Crystal Lake. My what you know, God. What you, know about, what you know about the lake? Bro, this movie is iconic in so many ways. Um, obviously, during that time, uh, Dylan and I are doing uh, the movie that this is a direct ripoff of. I, I'm. It's not even my words. We'll get into like why I'm saying that, but. The direct, like, the, I mean, I would say the origin of slasher films arguably is Halloween. You could say that they borrowed a little bit from Black Christmas, but Halloween is the slasher film, right? Like, it's the one that everyone kind of, like, the, there is no slasher genre without Halloween. So Halloween is owed a lot for this genre of film, but I will say that Friday the 13th, almost made it more popular if that makes sense like there's halloween yes but friday the 13th was like oh we can make a low budget film throw a bunch of money at the budget uh, the marketing budget and it's gonna make a shit ton of money you know what mm-hmm. i mean like friday the 13th is is and on top of that like though we'll get into it though Voorhees isn't really in this movie other than the beginning and the end um it has a pretty cool twist. Like the twist, it, it, if you're looking at it through the lens of a person living in 1980 and not knowing anything, like they don't know about a hockey mask. They're just going to go see this movie that's been marketed to death to them called Friday the 13th. This twist could be pretty like, oh, snap, I didn't see that coming, you know, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, I think I think part of what sometimes makes a horror movie pop, even when it sucks, is the fact that they marketed the shit out of it. Like when you hear about Terrifier 2, and they're just like, yeah, people are throwing up in the aisles. They're vomiting. It's it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go see it. And even if I like it or not, you got out for it. And that's what, you know, really, if you go back to Hitchcock, when you go back to Psycho, you know, in 1960, he did like a whole pre-film for that, marketed the mm-hmm. hell out of it. So you didn't even know what you were going to see. He's putting up signs that say, come to the theater on time. Don't be late. Otherwise, you ain't getting in. You ain't right. got the coops. So he really created a buzz just from that. And coming from Halloween, where they realized, oh, I could take two nickels and make a movie in the dark, and somehow it could make a bajillion. They were like, yeah, fast track that. Fast track that, and just give me anything you got, which was all he did. He just pitched a title, Friday the 13th, with a little graphic. It break through some glass, and he says, scariest movie you've ever seen. And he ain't even finished writing it yet. Like, bro. <laughs> he was just making promises with check. He's cashing checks. He ain't got no money. I'm saying, dude. Which I think is fantastic because that's how some of these most famous films go. It's like, oh, yeah, we were shooting and we didn't even have a script. It's like, what? 
You're spending <laughs> billions. They're like Iron Man one. We're spending majillions of dollars, and they're right in the ending, like in the back of the right bus, you know? while shooting the while middle. Shooting. Yeah, exactly. Like, bro, it's man, dude. When you realize sometimes how films, it goes with anything of art, music. So when you when you realize like your favorite song your artist wrote in the car to McDonald's mm-hmm. or something, you know what I mean? Like it's like, dang, bro, he wrote the song that changed my life. Exactly, and it's always with toilet. a. It's, <laughs> it's always with a with like a story too of like, did you know they they improvised this scene and it's like they didn't really do much at all of anything. It was just yeah, that was an accident. But like somehow it's become a legend. You know what I mean? Right. That your 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 nerdy friend's thesis paper is all about that one yeah. scene that was completely improvised and, and meant yeah. nothing. It's yeah, like it's it's like the. Uh, who shot first and then they ask Harrison Ford and he's like who gives a shit like it's just you know what I mean like <laughs> you gotta love Mark Hamill hey kid it's not that kind of movie yeah. <laughs> yeah, right 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 it's the English teacher going okay we've read one sentence of Mice and Men let's dissect that let's dissect let's get into that in the scarlet letter the, the chair that letter. she sat down in was it oak wood was it <laughs> what kind not- of wood what kind of wood? And then the fire bell rings, and you're like, "Thank the Lord, bro." bro. <laughs> if I had to read one more line of Romeo and Juliet, I'm gonna freaking burn this building. I up. will KMS so so freaking fast. Yeah, um, my first my first thought though that comes to me when I watch this film again, yeah, um, because I did it a few years ago. I had never seen all of them, and it was like around. Oh, you saw time. them all, huh? Damn. Yeah, it was it was me and my dad, and every night we put on a different movie. We did before more. before we talk about the first one because I know this is about the first one. What is your favorite? What's your favorite Friday the Thirteenth? Probably two or three. Okay, okay. Probably two because okay. we I wanted to see them all, so we literally picked one a night, and we did all of them all the way through Jason X, and then we stopped, and yeah. then we did each Freddy, each Nightmare on Elm Street, okay, and burned them so I could see them all, and then as the celebration we did freddy versus jason freddy versus last jason. because then it was just you know mm, dog was, meat dog meat <laughs> poor yep, kelly yeah poor kelly um but this one in just re-watching it again for this just to kind of re-soak it in i was like holy crap is this like this is like a german expression film like this thing's taking an hour for anyone to do anything like it is slow and actually yeah, it's kind a slow, of it's a little bit of kind of it's a little boring weirdly i found i don't know mm-hmm. if it's just because we're just getting used to today's horror films that are very like tension jump scares very loud you know that yeah. this one, i was like holy crap she's been in there making a pot of coffee for an hour <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah i it's hard right because like for me like i i try to watch especially like movies like this through the lens of someone who is in 1980 because yep. it's you know what i mean like it's almost like showing a kid we, uh, dylan and i were talking about it we're gonna do um when you guys are listening to this you'll hear friday the 13th shortly after that we have nightmare on Elm street and then shortly after that we have james wan james wan did the first saw film when i first saw the first saw film i remember how oh. grossed out i felt like i was like man this movie's really gross if you watch it now, it's a lot more tame than you, mm-hmm. it, especially if you haven't seen it in a long time. I think you'll be surprised at how tame it looks than seeing like an episode of The Walking Dead or something. You know what I mean? Like it's The Walking Dead TV show is probably more gross than Saw is the first one 
because you just get so desensitized. So I feel like watching this first nightmare or sorry, watching this first Friday the 13th, though, there are moments that like are like, wow, that was really impressive. I can't imagine what it must have been like in 1980. Like we'll get into it in this movie. There's a scene where you see a decapitation in 1980. There must not have been that many scenes that had like that showed it. Like Mm. we're going to show a decapitation in this movie. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I, think about it in that lens i'm like it must have been like oh my gosh like this is crazy dude because the the rules all slide around and change because this is you know 1980 and we you know we're rolling on like pg and and r like there's no in between (laughs) right yeah the, the level there is crazy but these are the films that are struggling to cut out 10 seconds of this 10 seconds of that so they don't get an x rating but nowadays the kind of stuff you're seeing on here i could go watch on criminal minds on tnt in the midday afternoon out, tnt bro Yo, i can watch Burn they know drama see a kill like this you know what i mean yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> Yo, they know drama they know drama <laughs> and they're always in the commercial they're always like crossing their arms and looking mm-hmm. like to the side like we know drama and we i was like get drama. this fucking bunk television but really yeah uh and in many ways, I feel like the violence in this is actually like worse than Halloween was. Like Halloween is known as that jump off slasher for sure, but hundred percent. There's a lot of it that's just more about the psychological factor of, yeah, this like mythic boogeyman kind of you know lurking around the shadows, which I love. And right. this one's like, yeah, he got Kevin Bacon got stabbed through the throat with an arrowhead. Woo! He was just trying to mind his own business. Yeah, for for real quick, for those that for some reason don't know, um, again, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't, if you haven't seen Friday the Thirteenth, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I will say this every time, even though people are like, "Can we know?" But spoilers, just so you don't know. But for those that don't know, it is a plot that follows a group of teenage camp counselors who are murdered one by one by an unknown killer while they while they are attempting to reopen an abandoned summer camp, which we all know as Camp Crystal Lake. Um. There is this, like, if you've seen the, if maybe you missed this movie and you maybe, because I know a lot of people, especially my age, who maybe have missed the original Friday the 13th, because again, they came out in 1980. I wasn't born until the 90s. You missed a lot of movies. So I know for some of my friends, their first introduction to Jason was Freddy vs. Jason, which is hilarious. That, like, that's the, that's the introduction to the character. So you get this weird, like, Oh, Jason's afraid of water, which <laughs> the ending of this, if there's anything that didn't make any sense to me in Freddy vs. Jason, there's a lot that doesn't make sense in that movie. It's the scene where it the sprinkler turns on and Jason's afraid. Because I'm like, if you saw the end of the first one, there's no shot. This man's afraid of water. Because that were jump scare is yep. one of the best jump scares. Legendary. In- in 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 horror film history because again at the time there's no way you thought that shit would have happened dude bro the water thing makes no sense because there's a film later on for friday where like he's revived by a pole sticking into his grave that gets hit by lightning and he gets reanimated it's raining he goes to manhattan and he's on a boat (laughs) he came out (laughs) the water yep 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 like my boy you know what's funny is that the kids in the movie all call it Blood Lake, and that was like an early part of an early uh, draft title was just like long whatever horror night at Blood Lake, and I always think of like would they have gotten ten films off of Blood Lake? 
I mean, or whatever lake camp blood no camp blood sorry camp oh was it camp blood camp blood blood uh, lake is the ripoff thing that they talk about in parks and rec there's a version of friday oh that's right yeah, called yeah, yeah, blood yeah. lake that donna yeah. live tweets she said get yeah, your foot out the water dumbass it's blood I lake <laughs> i remember that i remember that yo yeah which makes me so badly want to just film my own like generic versions of these films like a sweeted version you know yeah sure like come up with all this wacky stuff to post on youtube you know yeah that would be hilarious because i'd I'd do the camp blood it would set up a hockey mask it's just gonna be like freaking patrick mahomes's helmet (laughs) (laughs) with a taylor swift t-shirt on exactly yeah i mean the so we we start off uh with this movie um because for those that don't know, there is Jason, right? But in this movie, he is a kid. He's not, again, the full-grown Jason Voorhees that we, you know, with the machete that's going around hacking people to death. Um, it tells the story of a kid who drowned at this uh, camp that was later abandoned. Um, we assume due to the neglect of camp counselors, whether they're having promiscuous sex, <laughs> doing, you know... <laughs> It's God heavily Im- heavily implied. It's heavily implied they were doing no some good promiscuous teenager things. Promiscuous girl. Uh, so therefore, Jason was just in the lake somewhere. Help me, please! I'm drowning. And they were like, Ah, nah, nah, man, I gotta, I gotta get this sex in, and he drowned. <laughs> um, man, so we, his we flash mom, forward. Uh, his mom Ooh. is the cook. His mom is the cook. And, and apparently uh, she was whipping up the greens with Chef Boyardee and Chef Mike. She didn't see her boy go down. <laughs> exactly. I see her boy go down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then we flash forward to present day, uh, which has these camp counselors. I will say that uh, rewatching this movie, I the not the adults, but I will say the kids are kind of likable you don't want anything bad to happen to them they're pretty like like i would think they're pretty likable characters would you agree dylan Do you, did you like the camp the the kids that are in this at this camp yeah there's nothing like over the top bad about them um, yeah. but they do represent what's become synonymous with like the classic horror like you know slasher r 80s film which is just like these kids final girl horny couple that die yeah. A couple side off characters usually one's goofy usually one's smoking usually one's a jock and then that's it just plays out the way it plays out and this guy dies this guy dies and then we see it and elements like that are stuff that originally made me walk away from horror because i was like well i know these elements or like i don't really like these but sure. i've found that there's a lot of horror films that like bypass that and i found a lot of uh just better better stuff out there but this for me is just a guilty pleasure because it's just it's camp. You know what I mean? Like they're Yeah, hundred percent. They're embracing the fact that they're just like, you know what the teens wanted? <laughs> Blood, violence, and fornication. And fornication, exactly. And, and, and like you said, put that it up on screen. You can think of uh, this movie is the kind of because there is uh, obviously Halloween that had like these kind of tropes or these cliche characters but friday the 13th did kind of originate like like you said the jock the horny couple like this a lot of this like cliches that we'd see play out time and time again in horror films up until the 2010s kind of like if you knew about a generic you know it's the movie's either going to come out in like early october or january these like 
mm-hmm. you know, crappy horror films that like just paint by the freaking numbers. Like it's going to be exactly what you expect it to be. And I can see, like you said, Dylan, a lot of people kind of shying away from horror movies because it's like, I've seen it before. Just another killer, another mystical demon, but it's the same characters. You're like, all right, well, this girl's been having sex with everybody here. So, you know, she finna die. This guy's <laughs> the quarterback of the uh, football team or the or the point guard of the basketball team. And he's dating her, but he's an asshole. He's definitely dying. But then there's one girl that reads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's that has, like, that has like a brain that wears yeah. a bra. <laughs> yeah, that wears a bra and yeah. like, <laughs> She's got her head put together, you know, decent tennis shoes that can run. And yeah. she's, you know, she's probably going to make it, you know, so it, it, they are paid by the numbers. But I do give this movie credit as being at the time, again, one of the first movies to kind of do it. So it isn't it doesn't I'm sure at the time didn't feel cliche at all. It was kind of just like, oh, OK, cool, you know, because there really wasn't anything predating it other than Halloween. And again, I. I always say, I don't know, you may know this, Dylan, because I know you're a big fan of Halloween. I don't know if Halloween took much from Black Christmas, but I do say that I do feel like the original Black Christmas is the first, like, well, these these people finna die. You know what I that's, mean? <laughs> that's another reason why you, you know, the pair of us at this point want to promote classic films and just digging deeper into the past more and more. Because it's like when your your father or somebody or your grandfather shows you like a song. And sure. then you start singing it because you're like, oh, I know this. And then the lyrics are totally different. And then you realize your song was a sample. And then what the kids are listening now in 2023 is a sample of the sample. And you're like, holy crap. So when I go back and watch some of these, like you could pop in Friday the 13th, Halloween, Black Christmas, and you realize I've already fucking seen this movie, but you know you haven't. It's because you watched all those elements. But this is the original source or as close as we can get so far. And something like Black Christmas, I actually really recommend. Watched it a few months back. Yeah. It has all those elements of like Scream or When a Stranger Calls, where like they're calling from somewhere, you can't figure it out. There's a killer, mm. he's stalking you. Mm. Everything's from like his POV shot. You don't actually look at him until a long time. And then even then, you don't get a good look at him. It's all ambiguous. There's all these different characters. It's uh, so a sorority house in that one. So it's a lot of female characters, obviously. Right, and you get that in Halloween as well, even more so because of the the steady cams and all this other shots, all this work going on. And Friday Thirteenth does it as well, where I do like it when it has the POV, and you're never sure like, is that going to be the killer? Is that a fake out? Is that you know? Did they put the cliche of like the final girl getting scared by her boyfriend kind of thing because yep. it was his POV? So it behooves everyone to look into the past because even if this is going to seem similar it's nice to see its origination you know what i mean is that a word yeah we'll go uh yeah yeah for for this podcast it is absolutely origination origination baby uh rigatoni (laughs) give some um yeah because like like dylan said like there there is a big in this movie like who done it you know because you you really don't know especially again not knowing the movies that came after it if you were just seeing this movie through a very skewed lens um and this movie uh stars uh as jason's mom betsy palmer who when watching the documentary she stated that 
she did not want to be the killer in this movie. Like she thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. Her agents like advised her against it. Didn't they? Correct. Because it yeah. was like her image was like wholesome, and they were like, "You're gonna do this? Are you sure about that? You know what I mean?" And uh, yeah. Again, she. You see these kids getting picked off one by one. Again, don't know who's doing it, and it's revealed to be her. Now, obviously, you can look at a lot of stuff and be like, how is this old woman doing all this crap? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, man, sometimes you got to roll with the movie, baby. Sometimes when, you, you gotta just... <laughs> when you look closely at it, I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, the the ones where she would have the least advantage against the character yeah. is the one she does with the most stealth. <laughs> like Kevin Kevin Bacon gets stabbed under the thing. Under? Yeah, he, he's sleeping, under right? The, Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's like in his cot. And all of a sudden, the arrow. Which head. means Betsy had to fucking roll under <laughs> she, a gun. <laughs> she getting down with her like six year old knees, like ah, ah, fuck this kid. <laughs> She's under the bed, like yeah. And the bacon apparently is deaf. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's fucking, and then has the strength to fucking shoot an arrow from like it's through like a bed, damn, through bro. the springs. Pamela Voorhees hits that P90X on the I'm weekends. I'm telling you, bro. She's she was playing. Doing- <laughs> Tybo with Billy Blanks out here. <laughs> she got the Jane Fonda butt workout tape. He bro. said Jane Fonda. Bro. But then there's other kills where like she blinds the dude with a flashlight to go stab yep. him. She kills the guy who's running the camp. The very beginning of the movie, there's a whole segment devoted to a girl that you think is actually the final girl. Like she's yep. supposed to be the new cook. And which is funny that she's the first kill because technically Pamela Voorhees was the cook. So she's just like, I'm going to take out the new me first. Mm. And then in horribly ironic fashion, the one kid makes a joke about him drowning and the kids save him. And then he's like, hi, I got you. And Pam's watching from the woods. <laughs> and I, I think that's what makes her go, oh, they're all going down. And she's <laughs> like, oh, you going to try to make a joke, man? And oh? then just annihilate some thousand percent dude because her brain is definitely broken because at the end she she looks like she's gonna help and she appears shocked and then she says to her like oh you were negligent thinking that like this is the same counselor from five years ago and obviously it's a different lady so like yeah Pam's yeah. a little crazy she need to get back on the meds definitely crazy there's this uh ah oh, man who did the music harry uh manfredini yeah manfredini, manfredini. Yeah, he did the music, and there's a common misconception that uh, the Jason, like, is coming. The I love that, dude. Is actually for Kill Mom. Yeah, K-I-M-A. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I always, like, it. it's, it's, and of course, again, if, you, if you've seen the, the later films, there is this like through line of like when Jason does come to life, it's 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 his mom that's like telling him to do these things and like yeah. he's just like kill Jason, kill yeah, kill 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 these people, please. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the day, fucking Betsy Palmer is the is the the blood fuel that drives what Jason's doing throughout all these movies. So we owe Betsy mm-hmm. everything. We do, and that's what this is a weird series because technically, if, if imagining if it just ended here, I'd be like, "Oh, you remember that that movie Friday the Thirteenth, and there was like the lady killing, like the reverse psycho kind of thing." Yeah. But then when you get to the second one, and all of a sudden Jason's there, and he's got his potato burlap rice sack on his face, mm-hmm. and he's pitchforking people. It changes because then you're just like, okay. And I think the kills and 
the brutality works so much better because yeah when you watch some of the stuff with pam you're like how is she like so insanely unstoppable but then when you see jason come in there and he takes on more less of like a oh it's just a lady serial killing and more of like a mythical unkillable supernatural yeah exactly yeah and then when he finally gets the mask on him and they give him his own brand then it's just i could see how it took off into basically being like we're gonna make one of these every year every when you look at the timeline it's either one year or two years between almost every single one of them and they just kept popping them what do we got there's 10 correct 11 would be freddy vs jason and then 12 would be the remake in 09 uh yeah with jerry padalecki yeah there's a question do you like that remake uh i i was a teenager when that one came out Mm -hmm. so i remember thinking it was fine i do like the sleeping bag kill always thought as a kid that was pretty cool when that Mm. like he like picks up the kid just slit that shit was crazy uh but when you go back and watch them and then watch that one it it it, i always uh dylan and i have talked about it there's this um obviously we're in the the heyday of remakes but I do feel that if there is, I know the A24 is doing, is it A24 or is it Bloomhouse? It's A24, right? They're doing the, the, I've, the I've TV series. I've heard so series. much because they also, they also just had a huge bidding war that finally got settled for the television rights for Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 13. and then I've heard a lot of things about Friday and Nightmare. Someone right got it. Someone. Eventually, there will always be new ones, but I, I don't mind those ones as much because look at the, look at the run they've had they always come back they always do another film so for that it's like it's not as egregious to me as them being like yeah we're gonna make a second this and i'm just like don't you dare touch that property with this i'm just like yeah give me another freddy give me another one. Oh, it's yeah peacock has announced peacock. that its adaptation of crystal lake will be released in 2024 and will be a prequel series to the iconic slasher movie friday the 13th yeah, so it's gonna take. It's gonna be like. I feel like it's gonna be like a Bates Motel kind of. That's that's where I feel like this one's gonna try to go. Yeah. Um. And I, did you, you never watched Bates Motel, right? I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't. My, mom, like my it. mom really liked it. She loved uh, Bates Motel. It's it's having such a fondness for the original film that when I watch it, and I was just kind of like, ah, I'm not really about this. Fair and enough. then when. At the end of the series, when they finally actually do Psycho and Marion shows up, it's mm. like Rihanna. And I was like, nah, ah. nah, <laughs> like, come on, man. You're killing me. This is battleship Rihanna coming in here to play Marion. Oh, like, nah, bro. nah. What's oh, my name? <laughs> Yo, it killed me. You know, it's interesting, though, because there's so much from these films that I feel like you don't even remember the film. You don't even know any of the camp counselors names. You don't know nothing. Sure. You just know, like, iconic iconography like when you go overseas and you're just like what's this logo and people are like oh mcdonald's oh that's mickey mouse brought a mcdonald easy when you show them the hockey mask it's like oh that's jason like immediately he's from friday the 13th this and that and i think that's what stands out so much but what i think separates it is that hardcore fans know who's playing jason in a given film like the way that he looks his body structure the way that he walks but with something like freddy Robert England is so iconic as Freddy that like when they tried to do the remake and they cast um Earl is his name oh, he played I the guy uh, yeah and I, and I didn't even think Haley. he did like a bad job it was he just it wasn't was, Robert England you know yeah it was decent yeah. and then he yeah. came off of playing like Rorschach which was very good 
in Watchmen, in Zack Snyder's film. Yep. And it's like, that's the difficulty is that you could give me more Friday the 13th and I'm like, oh, there's Jason. And it's it's whatever, but it's harder to me to do Freddy because you need to recast him. And so much of what makes that film special is him in the role, you know? thousand percent. I think a lot with those kind of slashers with the uh, like a Leatherface, Michael Myers, the Jason Voorhees. Because they don't say anything and they're just kind of like yeah. brooding bodies. You can find somebody who can be a brooding body and put on a mask and put on some prosthetics. And they'll deliver. Because at that point, it's almost like you're fine to imitate. Like imitating is like completely fair. Because it's like we're just imitating. What did this actor do that yeah. made it so iconic? How can I build upon that? But still make people feel like this is Jason. This is... Yeah, Michael Myers, but with a uh, Freddy Krueger, with a Candyman, Hellraiser, like Yo. these characters that like 100. percent You know what I mean? Like it's hard to recast them and still because we are so drawn to the original actors that did it because they they wouldn't even be successful without those original actors. So it's like when you recast, it's like I don't know, bro, because you're still expecting Robert England and like you said, the guy who did the remake, I thought he did a great job for like he he didn't play it at all like robert england plays it he played it in like more of a creepy way if that mm -hmm. like it was which i thought was a, a cool choice i just feel like it, it just at the end of the day when the movie wraps it wasn't robert england you know what i mean and and i think <laughs> yeah. that's it's like ah you know like that sucks and we'll touch upon it more when we do nightmare on elm street but for that yeah. second film they did try to just go and roll without robert and they literally were just like we're doing this now it's 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 hot let's strike it let's throw two dollars at it and they put a dude in a rubber mask thinking anybody could play it and yeah. there's still a shot of him in the film and you could see it because the way that uh robert walks as freddie is he has the glove so he always pictured the glove weighing him down so he walks with like that crooked shoulder, shoulder. down and yeah. when the guy came with the mask he just walks straight like boris karloff like <laughs> this straight frankenstein and it it just goes to show you, yeah, there's a certain gravitas that doesn't just come from an actor's face. It comes from their entire body language. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 definitely a different thing. I was never I don't remember really being impressed with Friday the thirteenth, but I do remember the new nightmare on Elm Street in 09, probably a lot more as far yeah. as remakes go. I think too, and this is a like this is a tangent for sure. But uh, it was just announced that the uh, SAG-AFTRA and yep. AFTP or whatever, they uh, are still at, like, a standstill. Because obviously the writers, if you don't know, the writers and the and the producer, the film companies, yeah. did come to an yeah. agreement. The writers are good to return to work. So you're going to see a lot of your late-night talk shows come back and stuff like that. But the actors Whoa. still haven't. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But the so actors... excited. The actors still haven't, um, and a lot of it is due to their AI disagreements. AI. And um, it's just so interesting because, like uh, Dylan just said, like there are certain things that an actor, like it, it, they're they're the it's not like it's it's actors aren't asking for a lot. You know what I mean? Like, yes, actors get paid a shit ton of money the big stars we're talking the leos the chris pratt's the mm -hmm. robert downey juniors of the world yes they get paid a lot of money to do movies but we're not talking about just them we're talking about these these uh 
these extras, these these TV show regulars, the dudes putting on the Jason mask, the the Michael Myers mask, like these are no name people. Yeah, if you're a huge fan of the movie, you're gonna know who they are. But these dudes can walk to a bar. These dudes, you know, go in a Geico asking for insurance. These are regular schmegular people that are, mm-hmm. are just asking for like, hey man, like I just don't want my likeness used. And you give me one check and then you can use it forever. And to me, it's like when you hear about things like what uh, Robert England was able to do with um, with Freddie. Um, again, it's just like I can't imagine a world where uh, you can recast him and just use his likeness. Like, that's yeah. crazy, crazy to me. Too. And they can just get away with it, do whatever they want. Right. The, the world is very slow to hand out cash, even when it's overdue. Yeah. I mean, even college football took forever for them to be like, hey, these kids can now own their own likeness and can make money here because they're playing. Yep. You know, it's like, hey, if you're going to go ahead and scan me and then just use me in anything you want, like you have to pay for licensing for this, for that. 100%. And for, it's it's for not the even again, like time, man. Yeah. It's not even for nothing. like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, you talk about like the video games where like, of course, they weren't getting paid, but just like going to uh a, a stadium like an ohio state game and the star quarterback um is like the number like a zion williamson for duke everyone's buying the number one duke jersey he's mm-hmm. getting no cut? nothing nothing that's crazy bro like you know like i um when i see performances like uh and again i know we're talking about friday the 13th but like when you see certain performances like that it's always like man i really hope that they don't screw this up because mm-hmm. i like there's they're, they're, the only reason these these companies these film companies are billionaires are because of the people putting in that work and that is the actors the writers the people on set bro like you know what i mean like i we there's nothing worse than hearing that the people on top that are not there for the day-to-day grind are the ones that are like well, you guys are asking for too much. Like <laughs> on your fourth yacht, bro. Shut the fuck up. You know? They shoot themselves on the foot when somebody like Bob Iger comes out and he's just like, "I think these guys are being unreasonable." And it's like, "Bro, bro, did you tweet that from the yacht or from I'm, the other yacht?" Bro, you were you? Yeah, That's exactly. Crazy. You're you were able to tweet that because your driver was driving and you wanted There's to talk something to, like that. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that is almost verbatim what he said. And, um, you know, Hollywood has always been, always was and will be sketchy. The studios with their money, how much they spent, what the marketing was. It'll always be hush hush. And I'm yeah. sure there's, you know, a team of people that looked in, saw all these loopholes and different things to explore, you know, without having to pay people. It's like, hey, we could actually do this, this, and this. And then we never have to give any money. Even Scarlett Johansson's um, lawsuit against Disney. Yeah, she fully knew that if she could burn her whole bridge with Disney and ever make a film again with them, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, Hey, you went ahead, didn't, you know, get straight up permission, whatever to release our thing on Disney plus or streaming. We don't see money for this. Nothing's in place. You did that crap on purpose to save your own skin. Where's my money? You know, where's my cut. Bro? And then they try to paint her to look like the villain, but it's right. Like, and they hey, blackball. You know? her. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, Scarlett Johansson will still do movies because she's fucking Scarlett Johansson. But imagine mm-hmm. if she's not. Imagine if she's someone else. Oh, that's that it. Got, she does. That's she gets, it. She gets nothing. You get screwed and there's nothing you can do about it. Scarlett Johansson's arguably one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. she like, you know, what I mean, like and they were willing to fuck her over like it was nothing. 
Like, there's, you know what I mean? Come on, bro. And that's why it's important for them when they were on the picket lines to have stars come out like that because you need people with sway. It's like, I need to see Brad Pitt out here and Bob Odenkirk, and I need to see, like, Leo. I need to see heavy hitters out heavy here because otherwise hitters, those other guys that are the grinding, the workhorses of it on the bottom will just get stepped on and mm -hmm. they'll make whatever deals they want to make, you know? Right. Exactly, dude. Um, I don't want to get too far away from Pride the 13th. So I just want, before we wrap, I wanted to talk uh, favorite scenes. And it doesn't have to be the first one. It can be any of them. Any, like, scenes that, like, in the Friday the 13th lore that stick out to you. I, I just, whenever I think of Friday the 13th, I think of, like, I don't even remember what film it was when the, someone just goes into the little cabin thing or something. And it's just the shrine of his mother's head. With like yeah. lit up candles, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, "How yeah. long is he lighting little candles for his mom's head?" And just like the <laughs> uncomfortableness of that relationship. Yeah. But besides that, for this film specifically, or for sorry, the second film, yeah. because the final girl makes it through, and then when they get to the second film and they they introduce Jason, you know, they just see his feet for a hot second, and then the yep. The final girl is like by herself. She's stressed out. She just went through some crazy stuff. They do a whole Rocky montage where they show the last 10 minutes of the first one. They go over it. Yep. She has a pot on the stove and she's making like, you know, she's heating up water in the little kettle. After Jason obviously just murks her, the kettle is screaming because it's ready and he just takes it and moves it to the other burner. <laughs> 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 and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how kind is this man? He yeah. just murdered you, but he ain't gonna let that house burn down. Nah, though. nah, nah. That wasn't he, a part of the plan. You think he made himself some chai after that? <laughs> just like a he ain't nice got any herbal any, tea. A nice herb, some little sleepy time tea, so he yeah, could take yeah. a little. That, hey, killing people is a lot of energy. You need a little nappy nap after little, that. A little melatonin in this. <laughs> Get some gummies. Oh, shit. Which one do you like? What do you like? Uh, for me, off the original, obviously, it's the end uh, where you, again, you think it's such a beautiful, like, you think that it's a nice little peaceful send off and then Jason just pops out of the water. Um, oh, yeah. Love Iconic. that scene. Yeah, I love that scare. I think that's, you know, there's a, there's this, I don't think uh, Sean S. Cunningham has ever publicly admitted it, but there is this thing that, like, uh, Victor Miller, who wrote Friday the 13th, said that in a call with Sean, um, Sean literally said, like, Halloween's making so much money, let's rip it off. Like, verbatim is what Go he said. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, Sean has never admitted that, uh, but Victor has. Um, so <laughs> knowing that this is a, a an attempt at a ripoff of Halloween, that scare to me is very original. So I like it a lot. It's, it's something that, like, I that's that's pretty cool. And then uh, my other favorite ho or uh, Friday, the Friday the 13th moment, which is like my personal favorite, is part three when Jason squeezes that dude's head and his eyes pop oh out. Oh, my gosh. Dude, As like a kid, a that movie, that part scared the shit out of me. Like bro. that like, could happen? Oh. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, he's so strong. <laughs> he got that supernatural strength. You know what I'm saying? Like, no effort. Obviously, there's like the Halloween stab a dude in the door and just like look at it lovingly. But there, mm. then there's like hold a guy's face until his eyes pop out is nuts. Dude. Yeah, there's this weird like the culture that came out of films like this where it was like oh what's the best kill like obsessing yeah. over a top 10 of like what's their best looking kill and people were like oh it's when he skewers the two 
people doing it and then yeah, yeah. or yeah he pinned him up to this you know or it's, it's become it just becomes murder porn after a while it, it is and it's kind of yeah. odd i don't want to go there but it's it's creepy it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's arnold shooting the dude with a pipe and saying let off some steam bennett yep exactly exactly <laughs> throwing the knife through him and saying stick around <laughs> yeah man. But, but it's it's that culture that people really like it's become synonymous with the franchise and i think that's yeah. what carries it on is that even though the movie is really bad and it's it's campy like people just flock to see it because it's just like oh uh, another one let's do this who cares it's right same, same energy as fast and the furious where it's like those guys know that they jumped Dude. the shark hit the shark put the shark on their back and used it to jump another shark yeah. while john cena wrote on it but they love it they love the culture of it. They're going to keep coming back to it, you know? Thousand percent, bro. Uh, before I wanted to go to final thoughts, I wanted to talk about, because we're not going to talk about this movie during the Halloween season. Um, I consider the slasher, like, Hall of Fame, the, the slasher uh, starting lineup, the slasher boy band. The to top be, eight MySpace slashers. Yeah, exactly. So we got, we got Jason, we got uh, Freddy, we got mike we got um leatherface we got ghostface Ghostface, and then as like a substitution i'll throw in like a candy man a pennywise do you think that terrifier art the clown is is starting to make his way into that slasher like icons because i hear that a lot and i'd like to know from someone who also enjoys horror films if he deserves a spot there for those that don't know, Terrifier is like these new. He started from All Hallows Eve. It was like a short, like parts of horror film. He started like in a, a bit of that. Then you get Terrifier, which to me was murder porn. It's murder porn <laughs> with a terrible plot. And then Honestly, Terrifier yeah. Two is like even more murder porn with a slightly better plot. Yeah, well, a but I bit can't of story sprinkled in. Right, but I I've talked to fans of Terrifier and I I try to bash the the plot of it, but they but they're always like, well, Friday the Thirteenth doesn't have that good of a plot. So in all these other movies, I'm like, all right, that's fair. I'm not, you know, there hasn't been like a Friday the Thirteenth movie where I've been like, that plot is revolutionary, and you know, what I mean, like it's <laughs> it's murder porn. So is this you, Scorsese? <laughs> exactly right. So do you feel that art deserves a spot, or do you feel like? What would it take for someone to 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 crack that slasher like starting I think, lineup? Uh, I think first thing is that clowns are very difficult because if I was ever gonna write something with a clown and then all of a sudden it came out in the eighties from Stephen yeah. King, I would never write a thing about a clown because that to me he just he broke so much ground on that and made such a definitive thing that i'm just like well i can never touch that like there's no way i get killer clowns from outer space and be funny but i think it's difficult to have it be like oh here's a clown and it's just not seeming like it's pennywise or not seeming like it's a ripoff sure. but you're also fighting an uphill battle against like nostalgia friday mm -hmm. the 13th was 1980 halloween is what 78 you got black christmas is 74 you have uh Texas Chainsaw which I believe is 74 75 one of those years yeah. in the 70s you have all these things that are you know generations uh back that have this cult status that have this huge following that have this nostalgia so it's hard for someone to go in there and it's kind of like this battle you face where you just want to name yourself king 
but you have to earn that title so 100%. a lot of people are going to put it up there as like oh yeah he deserves to be there but then it's like okay well how did these things get there and did they get there overnight or did people prop it up is it just something that happens over time it's very odd but it's a very hard road to go at the time no i don't really think so but i also think that he should never be considered part of that category because that was this time era it was these kind of films and now we have a new time period with these kind of films same way juan has his whole thing yeah because even the ones even the films that aren't connected to the conjuring that aren't like a nun or uh, Annabelle, Annabelle, I still yeah. consider part of The Conjuring. Stuff yeah. like Insidious, Insidious 2, Ouija, all those ones. That it's got all, that one flair. It was yeah. all in the 2010s boom of all these films that seemed to be part of the same belt. Yeah. And that I would consider its own thing. So Terrifier to me is its own thing. But it's also, to me, it's not referencing and homaging stuff like Friday the 13th or Halloween. It's more of going after like the video nasties from like the uk mm. all these like straight to vhs gory you know play them late at night kind of things that it's a little bit way over the top and you have to be a certain kind of connoisseur to like those films sure. where yeah. i feel something like halloween friday the 13th can appeal to more of an audience in a little bit of a way terrifier is a little bit smaller of an audience but it still shows you that with zero money, you could still freaking make something make big. So it could just pop. And then you could take something that has a $300 million budget and make absolutely nothing. The, the game is still there, you know? Yeah, I would agree, man. I think from the from the conversations I've had with huge fans of Terrifier, art is, uh, is an icon in himself. Like, I will say that, like, he is becoming a very notable character in horror lore and and horror films in general, but uh, there's this thing of longevity mm. that I just feel like, though Terrifier is good, uh, or, or, like, I understand why it has its cult following, it just hasn't been lo around long enough for me to kind of give him the... Yeah. Give him the spot. Because, like you said, like, you know, uh, Texas... Um, Halloween, the 70s, Jason, the 80s, Scream, the night. Like, these are movies that to this day are still getting. Scream has another movie coming out, I think, like next year. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's so, like, these movies don't stop and people keep seeing them because they're so obsessed with these movies. If there's another Jason movie, people are going to go see it. If there's another Nightmare on Elm Street, people are going to go see it. I hated all, almost all three of the new Halloweens, and I saw all of them in theaters. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Up, baby. I'm so, yeah. I still showed up, like to me. So it's like, I'm, uh, it's hard for me to 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 because I see what you're saying, Dylan. I think you do a better job at like saying that it isn't trying to be a part of the original slashers, but I do also see the people that do feel like it is that it is kind of like because even when you watch Terrifier, you're kind of like always confused about what time period it's in yeah when you watch it you're like are are we in the 80s like i don't really know you know what i mean like is this the 80s night like it doesn't feel like the nows but then like you'll see an iphone and you're like oh all right so we're this is this is now then right like you know yeah um but anyway it was a conversation i, I wanted to have with you because I've, I've i've had so many conversations about it and i just like I felt like I was alone because there were some people like, nah, man, he deserves it. And I was just like, I don't know, bro. I don't know if he deserves to be. It, it's akin to like the 
Jordan uh, LeBron debate. No matter right? how many things LeBron does and wins, there's still going to be an entire generation of people that are just like, nah, Jordan's, yeah. the, Jordan's the GOAT. You know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing that'll ever beat him. I don't care how many, I don't care what his stats are. I don't care about statistics or, you know, anything like that. And that's just, it's kind of how it's going to be. But that's another reason why we just appreciate movies as an art medium is that it's, you have a preference. Like you don't have to watch that movie. You can watch these, you know, hundred percent. It doesn't have to be a battle. It's more of just like a fun discussion, you know? Yeah. Bro, final thoughts on Friday the 13th, man. Final thoughts. My final thoughts is that it's such a weird thing that someone could fly by the seat of their pants, get a couple dollars, make a movie, not even have a script, and then in 2023, I could be outside and go (laughs) and creep someone out just from the noise. Like When you know what the movie is from a little noise like that, you've succeeded you know? you've succeeded bro yeah i'm i'm in the same camp like i it friday the 13th to me is it's there's nothing better than a friday the 13th in october when it literally me. is friday the 13th mm. and then because it, it, to you it's just like this is it's it's the holiday within the holiday like yes there's october 31st Halloween, but Friday the Thirteenth is like, yeah, dude. Like, it, it's it's bigger than just the movie at this point, you know. Like you said, there's plenty of people who haven't seen not even one of these, but they know that hockey mask. So we got to give uh, this movie credit where credit is due. Um, yeah, dude. Thank you so much for listening, bro. Um, again, this is the Halloween season. We got uh, hopefully the Monday after this, we got a uh nightmare on elm street we got james wan we got uh a halloween episode we got some stuff coming guys so be prepared you know what i mean some cool we stuff. cooking we cooking in the kitchen we with pamela cooking this month bro <laughs> we cooking with pamela Borges. hey man but until the next episode this is cam is dylan and this has been extra butter have a good day guys goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.